Church, I'm sure that you thought that last week was mercifully going to be the end of our seemingly interminable series on the minor prophets. And in a sense, it was. But, you know, 12 long weeks in these incredibly obscure and overwhelmingly unpopular parts of the Bible... It just didn't feel like enough to me. All week I felt a little bit like the the SNL cowbell guy, right? We need more minor prophets. And so so this week I'm going to give you just one more week on the minor prophets. Uh, Seriously though, we have come to the end of the series of of looking at each of the books of the minor prophets. Uh, But at the end of the book of Malachi, we don't even come close to the end of the impact of the minor prophets on the people of God, uh, or the, we don't come close to the end of how the minor prophets are, are, are engaged with throughout the rest of the Scriptures. And so on this uh, truly final week of this series on the minor prophets, uh, I want to both warn you and to encourage you uh, from the teaching that comes from the rest of the Scriptures regarding how to move forward from these major messages that we've considered from the minor prophets, okay? So we're going to warn and encourage how to respond to all that we've heard throughout the minor prophets. First, a warning, okay? And in order to get to the warning, let me ask you a question. Uh, Why does God speak to us? It's a genuine question. I'd love to hear some responses. Why does God speak to us? What's his purpose in speaking? So we can learn. That's a great answer, Jeffrey. Why does God speak? Any other thoughts? Yeah. To warn us from peril. That's great. Okay. To, 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 to show us what's right. Yeah, great. Great. Show us which way to go. I'm not looking for a particular thing. I'm just getting you thinking. What, you know, th- 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 why does God speak to us? So that we will listen, right? So that we can hear Him. Uh, so that we can know Him. So that we can know what He wants us to know. So that, so that we can do what He wants us to do. And, and all of that, you know, ultimately for our good and for our flourishing, right? God speaks to us for our benefit and for our good. We heard that in the Old Testament reading just a moment ago from the prophet Amos. It was very brief. Uh, It might have been hard to catch. But we were reminded that the Lord does nothing. The Lord does nothing without revealing his secret to his servants, the minor prophets. If there is something that God is going to do, he warns us about it first. If there's something that we need to know, he tells us what that is. If there's something that we need to know, he tells us. He always gives us a chance to to prepare ourselves or to change our ways or to warn uh, others or or whatever it may be. He does nothing without revealing his secrets, his plans and his purposes to the prophets. This is why God speaks. But all too often what has happened with the people of God throughout history is that they have heard God's words... Without really hearing. They have listened to what God has said without really listening. They've received God's words into their minds without really comprehending. 
And this just as God had said would happen when he, when he called the prophet Isaiah into his service. In, in this famous passage that, that many of us know from Isaiah chapter 6, when God says, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? And, and Isaiah raises his hand and says, I will go, send me. Here I am, send me. And God told him, Go and say to this people, Keep on hearing, but do not understand. Keep on seeing, but do not perceive. God said, make the heart of this people dull and their ears heavy and blind their eyes, lest they see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their hearts and turn and be healed. God's telling Isaiah to keep proclaiming his word, to to keep delivering his message. Even when the people won't listen anymore, even when they won't respond, even if they hear it so much that their hearts become dull to it, keep speaking the truth to them. For how long, Isaiah asks? Until their cities lie in waste, without inhabitant, and the land is a desolate waste, because they did not respond to the word of the Lord. God tells Isaiah to speak and to proclaim his word until there is no one left to listen to him. God speaks. But all too often, his people don't listen. And this wasn't just a problem with with ancient Jews in Isaiah's time. It was also a problem with the Jewish people in Jesus' day as well. In, In Matthew chapter 13... After Jesus had begun teaching almost exclusively in parables, his disciples came to him and asked him why he had begun teaching like this in kind of a coded message. And Jesus pointed back to this very prophecy from Isaiah and and said that in the case of the Pharisees, this prophecy was being fulfilled, that they indeed hear but never understand. They saw but never perceived. Their hearts had grown dull, their ears could not hear, their eyes had closed. They would no longer listen to the Word of God plainly spoken to them. So Jesus began to teach them in parables. It's almost as if Jesus is having to to trick them into hearing His Word, into getting His message. Because they wouldn't listen to it otherwise. And in our New Testament reading from Hebrews, we heard this exact same warning being given to the church as well. The writers of the Hebrews said that long ago, at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son. And then he goes on to warn them that therefore we must pay even closer attention To what we have heard than they did. He says that that ignoring the prophets was bad enough. But if we ignore God's own son, then what will happen to us? The writer of the Hebrews knew that, that God speaks to his people, but too often his people didn't listen to him. And he knew that if we didn't listen to the prophets, and even more so if we didn't listen to the son, we would end up with real problems in our lives. And in our two gospel readings from this morning, we heard what will happen to us but when we disregard the words of the prophets and the words of God's Son. 
Luke chapter 16, in that passage, Jesus told the story, the parable of Lazarus and the rich man. Where the rich man had ignored the warnings from Moses and the prophets to repent. And he ended up in torment in Hades as a result. While suffering in Hades, he begged Abraham to to send someone from the dead to warn his brothers so that they wouldn't end up with the same fate that he was experiencing. To which Abraham replied, if they didn't listen to the prophets, then they wouldn't listen even if someone came back from the dead. Do you hear what Jesus is saying? He's making it very clear that if they didn't listen to the prophets who spoke on behalf of God, if they didn't listen to their message or or hear their correction and, and warning, then they're not going to listen to anyone. Even if someone should come back to life from the dead and warn them. And of course, Jesus is here speaking of himself. He's making very clear that he speaks the same message as the prophets. He's not saying anything different than they did. If they didn't listen to the prophets, they weren't going to listen to him. And in the Sermon on the Mount from Matthew chapter 7, Jesus illustrated what will happen to everyone who disregards his message. He said that that everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them is like a foolish man who builds his house on the sand. When the storms of life come, their house will crash and great will be its fall. You hear that over and over and over and over again, the steady and consistent message of God to His people is to listen and to hear and to perceive and to believe what God is saying through His prophets, the messengers, from Moses all the way up to Jesus. We are to really hear their message. We are to really perceive their visions. We are to really believe their warnings. We are to really heed their instructions. We are to really respond to their messages through repentance and returning and obedience and trust. And if we fail to do that, if we hear without hearing and don't believe and don't respond to these messages, then when the storms of life hit our lives, Our lives will come crashing down around us. And loss and torment and Hades await. The Lord could not be much clearer to us in His warning to listen and to heed the message of the prophets. So let me ask you a question. (laughs) Over these past 12 weeks... Have you been hearing the words of the prophets? Have you been responding to them in repentance and with amendment of life where it's necessary? You know, as believers in the church who have the profound privilege of knowing God's ultimate revelation to us in Jesus, we have a really bad tendency of disregarding everything that came before him. 
Somehow the, the world has come to believe that the Old Testament is, is all about God's law and wrath and judgment, but the New Testament is all about God's love and grace and mercy, and that that's all that really matters. And so we disregard the Old Testament and only pay attention to the New Testament. The truth is that God does not change. His message does not change. And in fact, the reality is that there are far more references in the Old Testament to God's love than there are in the New Testament. And the most complete and detailed statements about the final wrath of God's judgment against sin are found in the New Testament. And much of that comes from the lips of Jesus himself. Almost 13% of Jesus' recorded words are on the topics of judgment and hell. And he spoke more on those topics by volume than he did on anything else, any other topic. And so Jesus' words don't nullify or change or replace the message of the prophets. Instead, he clarifies them and he heightens them. So let me ask you again. Have you been responding to the messages of these minor prophets? Jesus warns us that if we haven't, we should. But he also encourages us. Because just as the scriptures warn us that when we fail to listen to the warnings of God, that we find disaster, they also encourage us and they strengthen us. That when we do hear the warnings of the prophets and when we actually respond to them appropriately, that we experience the blessing of God. The Apostle James in his letter to the church reminds them, be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourself. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his face in a mirror and goes away and at once forgets what he was like. But the one who looks into the perfect law and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, But a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. She will be blessed in her doing. Likewise, Jesus in Luke chapter 11, verse 28, when he's describing for for a listening crowd what constitutes a, a state of true blessedness, he says, blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it. That is what makes us truly blessed. And again, in our gospel reading from the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus illustrates this true blessedness perfectly. When he says that everyone who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat upon that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. And I think if we take a moment And look very briefly at these major themes that ran throughout the the minor prophets that we've looked at. We see this blessedness that comes from obedience come to life. And so very briefly, I want to consider with you a few of the the main themes that we heard throughout this series on the minor prophets. and, And consider how receiving them and hearing them and responding to them leads to life and blessing and flourishing. But how failing to hear them and failing to respond to them leads... The first thing that was apparent throughout 
all of these minor prophets was the undeniable reality of the sovereignty of God in this world. Throughout the prophets, we saw over and over and over again the reality from Psalm 135, verse 6. It says, whatever the Lord pleases, he does in heaven and on earth, in the sea and all of the depths. So from the sending of locusts to the destruction of enemy nations and to the provision of a giant fish for Jonah to the raising up of the Babylonians against his own people to his decision to extend mercy over and over and over again. The minor prophets declare and demonstrate the sovereignty of God over creation and history. Now think about that message that God is in control of all things Think about that message for just a moment. Do you hear that message and you receive it? You really hear it? You take it in, apply it to your life? Then when the storms of life come and you have to face them, you can withstand them. Because you know that God is in control. That He has got you in the midst of the storms of life. But if you hear those messages from the prophets and reject them, saying God could never do something like that. God would never do something like that or act in that way. Well, then when the trials of life come and you're in the midst of the storm, you'll fall apart because it will feel like God has abandoned you. Your life will have no solid foundation upon which to depend. Blessed for hearing and listening and obeying. Cursed for failing to hear and to believe and to respond to the Word of God. The second major theme that dominated the prophetic voices was the promise of God's inevitable judgment against sin. Over and over and over again, we heard in the prophets about the great and terrible day of the Lord and how God would not leave the guilty unpunished. Now, if God's people would hear that message and respond to it, Grace and mercy and forgiveness would be experienced. But if God's people failed to hear and accept and respond to that message, there was judgment and there was exile and there was destruction. Blessed for hearing and doing. Cursed for failing to hear and to respond. The third major theme woven throughout the minor prophets was the message of God's amazing love for his people. Joel declared that God was gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. Hosea embodied that love by his faithful pursuit of an unfaithful wife. Jonah knew that love of God, which is why he didn't want to go to Nineveh because he didn't think the Ninevites deserved to experience God's love. Zephaniah images that love for us in the picture of God exulting over us in singing. It's easy to understand how hearing that message and and receiving that message of God's love for you leads to blessing. But refusing to hear it or accept it is destructive for our lives. Because we were created to know and experience God's love for us. When we do, we are content and at peace and filled with joy. When we don't, we look for love in all of the wrong places. And it brings great pain and disappointment into our lives. 
Blessed for hearing and receiving. Cursed for failing to hear and to receive. The fourth major theme is, uh, that's unmistakable in the minor prophets is the repeated and passionate call that God gives through the prophets to get right with Him. Right? And this is what the entire books of Jonah and Nahum were all about. And as, a rem- and, and as we remember from their examples, that when the people of Nineveh heard and responded to God's call to get right with Him, they were blessed. They found forgiveness and a reprieve from God's coming judgment in Jonah's day. But as we saw in the book of Nahum, just a hundred years later, when the next generation of Ninevites failed to hear and respond to that same message, that same warning, they faced God's wrath. There may be no clearer example in all of the Scriptures of the blessing that comes from hearing, listening, and obeying, and the curse that comes from failing to hear and to respond. Finally, the most prominent and the most important major theme in the Minor Prophets is is the promise of a coming Messiah and the encouragement for God's people to look for and to put their hope in Him. And this is really a summary of all of the above issues put together. And it ultimately becomes the message of the Gospel told in advance from the lips of the Minor Prophets. That God, who is sovereign over all of the earth, is determined to judge and bring an end to sin that is wreaking havoc on His good creation. And so in His amazing love for us, He sends His Son to bear the penalty of that sin in Himself upon the cross so that we would not have to. And now God calls us to be reconciled to Him through His Son, Jesus. This is the message of the Gospel. This is the good news of God in Christ. It's woven all throughout these minor prophets. And all of the Scriptures are a call to hear and to respond to this good news from God. If you do, you have life. If you don't, you will face death. Blessing for hearing. Curses for failing to hear. Which are you doing? Church, I don't want you to be like like the old man who thought that his wife was losing her hearing and so he decided to do a little a little experiment with her to see just how bad her hearing was. And one evening when she was in the kitchen, he was on the other side of the house and he in a very normal voice said, "Honey, what's for dinner?" And he got no response. So he went to the end of the room that he was in, a little bit closer to his wife, and he said once again, Honey, what's for dinner? And again, he got no response. And so the third time he went all the way into the kitchen uh, and said, Honey, what's for dinner? And a third time he got no response. So finally he walked all the way up, right behind his wife, and in a bit of a louder voice he said, Honey, what's for dinner? Finally, she turned around and looked at him with a mix of exhaustion and sympathy in her eyes and said, For the fourth freaking time, I've told you it's chicken. Get it? (laughs) It wasn't his wife who was hard of hearing. It was him. Don't let that be you. Our problem is never that God is not hearing us. 
Our problem is never that God is not speaking to us. Our problem is that we're not really listening to Him. Because God is always speaking. The Scriptures tell us that the heavens declare the glory of God, that day and night they pour forth speech. God's Word is living and it is active. His Word became flesh and dwelt among us. He has written His law on our own hearts that it constantly speaks to us. He has given us of His Holy Spirit who lives inside of us. He is always communicating to us. The problem is never that God isn't hearing us or that God's not communicating. Or that God isn't telling us what we need to know. The question is, do we have ears to hear Him? Are we really listening? We began this series a a long time ago. Acknowledging that by and large the minor prophets were the unmarked pages in our Bibles. Right? That they were the least read, the parts we were least familiar with, the parts that we uh, were least interested in. But now we've heard them. Hopefully now you've read them and marked them. Now we have let them speak their word. And so the question for all of us is what would the Lord have us do with what we've heard? How do we respond to these messages so that we're not just hearers of these words, but doers of them. Church, God does nothing without revealing His ways to the prophets. And He does so in order that we might hear His word, do what it says, and be blessed by it. Flourish as a result of it. Find life that is truly life through it come to the end of this series, let's make sure that we've heard these words and we put them into practice in order that we are building our lives on a solid foundation that will withstand the storms of this life that will come. Let us hear and do these words for God's glory and for our good. Amen.